<clears throat> the spiritual journey is a real ascent. We must ascent to that ascent with all of our heart and our mind and our will. But that ascension is more than just a sublimation of lower tendencies. It's what Hegel called the sublation, which means that one's identification disappears from one level and reappears at a higher level. And once one is in true adoration of God, the supreme level of consciousness that is possible to be reached, and one has made the decision that one wants to know God while alive, this is the key crucial decision of your life. Do you want to know God? Everything else depends on that decision. If not, okay. You live in a phenomenal plane of karma. But if you want to know God, then the sublimation channels, as we call them, the sublation channels that are, are what they really are, <coughs> result, first of all, in the activation of the ethical channel. And one encounters true conscience. You know, in many languages, conscience and consciousness are the same word. But they are, in fact, two different aspects of God, who is consciousness, because it is that aspect of God that relates to the soul that is still in duality, still mired in attachment to the illusion, the reflection, the, the pond of Narcissus where he sees his reflection, rather than the light that creates all of the reflections of, that constitute the world. And as you encounter conscience, you recognize that all along you had been mistaking your superego for conscience. It was an imitation of conscience, but it was a judgmental and often persecutory voice or set of voices. And it had nothing to do with the conscience that prescribes the ethic of non-duality and says that if you want to be able to connect to God and you recognize God is of ultimate value, you must raise your own worth to be equal to that of God. How do you do that? And this is what the word worship comes from, right? It's two old English words, worth shape. How do I shape my worth? to be able to be in the presence of God. And it's only by adopting the conscience of non-duality that is the presence of God in our heart. And that conscience says, thou shalt not judge, thou shalt not blame another. 
one must take full responsibility for one's karma. One must be in full acceptance of the flow of the phenomenal plane events and know that one's place in that pecking order of reality that is a reflection of the real is entirely dependent upon the purity of one's conscience to act with goodness, with love, with beauty, with elegance, with divine grace, with royalty, with nobility and generosity of spirit. And that is what changes karma, not attempts to control and manipulate and outwit and play all the other games that egos attempt to win more strokes by. And it's only when the ethical dimension of God consciousness has been accepted that the aesthetic dimension opens up and one sees the infinite beauty of all that is. But that beauty cannot be perceived until the judgmental screen has been removed because otherwise always one will be in a field of desire and aversion, of fear and of the will to dominate or to avoid and escape. And one will never be able to see what really is present in all of its divine essence that is beauty. And so once one claims the divine royalty of living with the conscience of God as one's own Tao, one's guide, one's internal energy governor, rather than either superego or ego, both of them must disappear as false guides to one's behavior, to one's desire. And one can never again ethically live in fear. Because the God self is fearless and conscience prescribes that one live with that fearlessness or one cannot have the dignity that a divine being must have in order to shine with all of its greatness. And because there is no lack, there is no desire but only the transmission of love. And once this opens up, then the final channel opens. We call the religious, but what it really is then is the willingness to sublate one's attention to such a level that one no longer 
even appears in the phenomenal plane. And even if one's body and one's vehicle continue to function in the theodrama at that level, one moves from the stage to the backstage area of the theater. And that's where the control panels of the light and the sound and the word of God emanate from. And being off stage and being dead to the world and alive to the supreme reality is the price that one pays for presence in the throne room of God. And with such total attunement and humble attendance upon that supreme Lord of all of our lives that one is absorbed into that presence. It is this surrender that requires the sovereignty and freedom to leave behind all else but that one priceless attainment from which there is no return. And that choice cannot be delayed or deferred by any hesitation or the channels will close. The window of opportunity opens at only specific moments when grace is given. And if one does not take the leap when one is invited to do so, through the presence of the current of Shakti, that is the calling card of the goddess to be raised into that dimension of infinite beauty. If one cannot hold the conscience, which is like an electric wire like a lightning bolt that is permanently attached to one's being and become so on fire with that light that one cannot be burned by it because one is that power and the Shakti then opens up into its infinite domain which is the entire unified field of consciousness.
and the vastness of the space of mind that contains the cosmos becomes one's new abode. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste.